0: Welcome, I'm Amy Kelly, also known as the Ish Girl. What's an Ish Girl? She's someone who has humorous grace with herself after discovering she's messed up or flaked out again. Something that comes in handy if you're working with or raising middle schoolers. A former middle school teacher and mom to two teens of my own, I know the hair-pulling, heart-filling, crazy-making and joy-filled experiences that come with teens. I created the In the Middle of It podcast for teachers and parents just like you who want to support and impact the teens in your life. Each week, I'll be sharing stories and strategies to encourage and equip you so that you can truly become the grown up your teens remember a meaningful mentor who helped them find their way. Hey there, I'm Amy, also known as the Ish Girl, and I am so glad that you are with me for this episode, because today I've invited my good friend Tammy Scow to join me, and you might remember her from a couple of previous episodes where I've had her on. I think those are like maybe 9 and 10, and... little bit later one, maybe 16. So anyway, I will provide links to those episodes in my show notes, but Tammy is a licensed professional counselor and she is just full of great advice and wisdom. And I invited her to talk about something that I've mentioned a couple of times on the show before, and that is developmental appropriateness in teens. Now it is a concept that has helped me so much in connecting with my teens and in parenting them and I thought it might help you too. So Tammy came over, we talked and oh my goodness, it was so great and It was great enough that it ended up being way too long for one episode. Our talk, our conversation just went on for well over an hour. So instead of making this a marathon session for you, I am breaking it into two episodes. I'm going to share the first half this week in this episode that you're listening to. And I'm going to release the second half of our conversation next week before i get us started i just wanted to reintroduce tammy to you in case you haven't caught those previous episodes like i said before she is a licensed professional counselor and she works in frisco texas at planting seeds coaching and counseling. And I have provided a link to their website because they've got some great stuff there as well. Um, I have that in the show notes for you. Now, Tammy has two teenage daughters and she and her husband, Brian, have been married for 26 years. She and I do life together. We meet regularly at least once a week to hang out and encourage each other. And I'll be honest, we are trying to eat our way through the menu at one of our favorite breakfast places. So I'm just gonna to jump us into the conversation so she can tell you all about what is developmentally appropriate in teens all right i am so excited that you are with me again tammy like i love the stuff that you bring to us and i learn so much every time that you are on the show so welcome Thank you. All right. So today we are going to be talking about something that Tammy and I have talked about personally before because there have been moments in my parenting when I've gotten really frustrated and Tammy has graciously helped me um, learn about the things that are developmentally appropriate in teenagers. And I've used that word before on the show, developmentally appropriate. But I really wanted to explore that today, and I thought Tammy would be the perfect person to walk us through exactly what that means and why it's important and what it can look like in our own homes with our own teens and our parenting. So I am just going to kind of hand the microphone, so to speak, over to you and let you jump in and tell us everything you can <laughs> about what's developmentally appropriate and, um, and how we can handle that.
1: Great, thank you, thank you. Yeah, this is a term developmentally appropriate that you and I have used back and forth when we're talking about how frustrating some of the parenting responsibility for teenagers is. Right. right. And what I like about using that term and reminding myself of that term is it's a way of reframing the situation. So often we give meaning to the kid's behavior that doesn't really belong there and the meaning that we have assigned to why they're doing what they're doing doesn't necessarily help us respond in a more helpful way.
0: Okay, so just just to make sure I understand, what you're saying is, and I know I've done this, so I (laughs) can say it pretty well. So our teen will do something or say something, and I might take it personally like they were intentionally trying to wound or they're intentionally doing something, whatever it is, like a behavior, whatever, and I'm giving it an intentionality that's not there because it's part of
1: the developmental process that they're going through. Is yes, that- that's part of it and more. So, okay. yes, yeah, sometimes what that word or that behavior means to the kid is not anything near the way you might personalize it. But also, they're, we're not excusing inappropriate or unhealthy behavior, right? Yeah. And so what happens is kids will do things that are just flat out not good, not healthy, not loving, not appropriate, not okay. what you want them to do. So you
0: know I'm sitting over here laughing like, yeah, like, right. right? Like that's what, you know, that's what makes parenting teens hard. And that's yes. kind of the joke, right? Like, right? like it's just really hard.
1: And so they, and so nothing I'm about to say in using this developmentally appropriate is calling um, inappropriate or unhealthy behavior good or healthy okay but when i know that it's developmentally appropriate for them to go through certain stages as they're changing from kids into being adults then the meaning that i give to their misbehaviors right is is at a tolerable level where i now can respond to it rather than react to it
0: Okay, so when I understand that, hey, this is a normal part of how they're growing and learning and practicing to become an adult, right. then I have more patience. I have a better ability to handle it with grace and calm, even right. versus having that initial, initial kind of lash out response, lash out or and, fear, right? Okay. Right?
1: Um, Or even just try to shut it down. It helps you be aware that they are in a process and this process is going to take nine, ten years. And what's happening right now is not necessarily indicative of the kind of adult that they're going to be.
0: Right. This is not who they are. Right. This is how they're becoming who they are. And so I, I really, that is what I've liked more than anything. And it helps me to not jump into that flight or fight or freeze yes. situation when I'm having some kind of confrontation or whatever's going on. Right. right. Absolutely. It helps me keep my head on straight.
1: So we find that it's helpful because it takes a lot of condemnation off the parent. If I think I was supposed to do something in such a way that my kids are not going to do some of these developmentally appropriate behaviors, then when they do them, I feel like I have failed as a parent.
0: Right, right. Right? And you know what? That is actually in my weekly email this week. I think you and I have talked about that. Just kind of sharing my experience with having those expectations of myself that I'm going to do this parenting thing so well that I will not have to deal with teenage behavior that is you know that
1: does this or does that, that or right, does it, right
0: right and I and again I talk about that more in my week, weekly email so if you're not signed up for that jump on and do that because I talk about things there that I don't talk about anything anywhere else and I think this one's really important because I think so much of the guilt or the shame that I feel sometimes wh- when it comes to my parenting stems from the expectations that I have for myself. And so these developmentally appropriate um, kind of things that you're talking about really help me reframe that. So it's not just helping my teens, right. it's helping me as a parent. Right. right.
1: Okay. If I don't understand that they're going through a process, then I'm likely to kind of villainize their behavior. So if I'm Mm. not condemning myself for messing up as a parent, I might be doing the what's... What's wrong with you? Why can't you do this? <laughs> I've done this. I told you. Remember, I've taught you that. I told you this, right? Why aren't you following in line with all of the stuff I've tried to put into you? Right. And so it's villainizing the kid rather than normalizing that sometimes this is part of the process of them learning to adopt who they're going to be as an adult. Right. And so you're
0: seeing beyond what's going on right in this moment yes. to the process of them becoming an adult. Right. And, and, and understanding how what they're doing right now is helping them practice becoming an adult or, or venture out and explore Yes, is helpful.
1: Right. And we're still going to focus on setting boundaries and behaviors. Just because they're going through this stage doesn't mean that they get the freedom to go do whatever they want when they want. They'll want that. And it's developmentally appropriate for them to want what they want when they want it (laughs) and to want to do what they want to do without their mom and dad telling them no. Right. That reaction isn't because they're an awful, horrible kid. It's developmentally appropriate as they're learning to emerge into their own being of an adult as parents we're still meant to direct and set boundaries and to you know keep them moving towards what is healthy right they can run their life off of the track pretty quick if if we let them So this being that it's developmentally appropriate doesn't mean that the ways it gets manifested or the behaviors are good and okay. Right. It just helps me reframe it in a way where I'm not villainizing myself or villainizing them.
0: Well, and I think the way you've explained it to me before, too, is that it helps me connect with my teens when I understand that. And then I can be more helpful in the way I'm responding. Right. And And they
1: can hear it more.
0: Right. And so it helps to kind of neutralize any kind of chaos that they're feeling and it keeps it from generating chaos
1: in me. Right. Sure. Sure. All right. So now this term developmentally appropriate is meant to be an internal dialogue. That's something that the parent says to themselves inside their own head not necessarily something you tell your kid right it's kind of belittling <laughs> i was gonna say
0: like i could think of that could be really condescending it like is. well i understand why you are yelling at me right now right. because it is developmentally appropriate for you to be acting that way yeah like i can see that going over like a ton of bricks yes. like <laughs> i'm guessing that if
1: you have teenagers it didn't take you too long to know that they do not like to be told why they do what they do right or have something be labeled as well because you're a teenager. Teenager, you don't get it, or you don't know, or you're this way, or you're that way. Right. So, this term um, developmentally appropriate is meant to be for the parents only. This is a way that helps me reframe my kids' behavior in a non shaming way for me or them. In a process focused way that says, "Okay, what is the task they need to do to emerge into adulthood, adulthood um, as a fully functioning individual? Right, right. And can I not uh, do this kind of fear based, over exaggerated response to it, or shut down from it? Right. So I think so. What I
0: hear you saying is, and I and I've experienced this that." Calling it out and saying what you're doing is developmentally appropriate. Like that is going to shut down any kind of connection that I otherwise would have with all these new found skills and information yes. that you're giving me. Like that completely cuts the legs out from underneath it. it and it's not like we're, you know, plotting against our no, teens no, 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 no. or anything like that. It's just we have this knowledge. We have this understanding. We recognize what's going on. It's part of us being the grown up, right? Yes. Like so, and and that's something I feel like I get sucked into acting like I'm 14 or 15 or 16. They can do that in in these conversations <laughs> with my kids, right? So knowing this stuff has really helped me take a step back and be the mom, like be the grown up, and not devolve into this whole back right. and forth thing that I sometimes, you know, even knowing it, sometimes I still fall into that. Like, let's be be honest. Let's be honest. Me too. Because it's hard to not take some things personally. But this does give me kind of a platform to climb back up on and, and try again like climbing back on the wagon
1: right well in one of the maturity tasks that we talk about a lot is responding rather than reacting right so reacting is like this pinball machine where you're just bouncing off of whatever happens around you and responding is being intentional and thoughtful and appropriate to what's needed in the situation for me and and I think with you as you and I have talked about this and I'm hoping for your audience when I can understand what type of processes is developmentally appropriate for teenagers then it helps me calm me yes so that I can respond rather than react right okay so I think we have
0: a good idea of why we need to know what's developmentally so now I would love for you to share some examples of what is developmentally, developmentally okay. if I can say it right, appropriate, because it's all well and good to kind of know that, okay, this is valuable. But what does that mean? Like, what is it that is appropriate?
1: Sure, sure. sure. And it's funny, if you uh, when your kids were little and you took them for their well-baby visits you probably noticed there was this wide range of what was normal developmentally for like when they should start using words or walking, right? And you think, you know, there could be six months or a year different from one kid to another in what's considered still developmentally appropriate, right? So think about for a second, when you're a teenager, Mm. right? And we're talking about 13 to 19, maybe closer to 22. Okay. That's a long period of time. Right. So during this stage, there's a wide variety of what's considered kind of normal or developmentally appropriate. But in this stage of growing out of being a kid uh-huh. and growing into being an adult, there's a couple of tasks that they need to do. Okay. Okay. They're learning to become this kind of individual being that chooses for themselves how they're going to live their lives what's important to them, who they are, what they want to do, what makes them them different than anybody else. Right. And moving towards independence, Moving towards independence, right? And if they're going to successfully connect in relationships, they've got to bring a whole individual person into that relationship. Mm. So these stages are part of them figuring out who they are as a whole individual person. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't happen in like a one or two activities. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. And it doesn't happen in one year. This is a long process that they're going to be going through in several different ways over a lot of different times. So it's messy. Is it's what I messy. Hear you saying. Right. And as they figure out where they want to land, they've got to play around with a lot of not me, not me, this isn't good, this isn't right. In order to be able to find where to land as, ooh, this is me. Oh, this is how I want to be. Ooh, this is what I believe. This is my contribution to this world. This is what I like. This is what I want. This is who I am.
0: Well, and I would think that a lot of what you're describing is something that happens subconsciously. Like, they are not consciously saying, I'm going to do this this way. And so that I can figure out if I'm, you know, if I'm this kind of person or that kind. They're just responding and reacting in the moment. And... And throw in some hormones there, and you've right. just got this whole soupy mixture of you don't know what's going to come out next, right?
1: Right. And, hey, listen, Amy, I'm trained in this, right. right? I speak about this. I do this. And yet, when my kid is behaving in front of me in a certain way, I may not recognize this as being, have anything to do with some sort of developmentally process that they need to go. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so, so you, it's not like you need to go, okay, my kid seems to have an escalated emotional reaction to a situation. This is developmentally appropriate. What, <laughs> it, you know, it, what task of who they are as a human are they trying to fulfill in this yeah. moment? How can I help? It's not, it's not going to work like that. Not it, at it, all. But yeah. it does help me go, okay. You know, can I respond in a way that allows my child to still process what's going on for them and move towards adulthood in a helpful way?
0: Right. It's letting you take a step back and see the bigger picture versus being so immersed in the moment. And that's hard. And I think you're still going to have times when you're immersed in the moment and you, you know, you react in a way that's not the way you want to react. But, sure. but I think knowing this gets us closer and gives us the
1: tools to be able to, to do it a different way. Hey, and that reminds me, there's another term that's helpful for parenting. There is actually a term that's called good enough parenting.
0: (laughs) Yes, I've heard. Yeah, another friend of mine and I talked about that. Yeah,
1: good enough parenting. There is no, there is no perfect parent. Yes, there is no 100% meeting the needs, responding health healthily you know that it doesn't exist you just need to be in this really wide gray area of good enough if there's one perfect parenting response to any given situation this side of heaven none of us know what it is we're just trying to get as close to as we can unfortunately there's this nice wide area of good enough that if we can find ourselves in there consistently enough We're doing a great job. Thank goodness.
0: (laughs) I need that big, wide, gray area. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So there's a couple, here's just a couple of tasks that teenagers need to go through during this developmentally appropriate time. So these are developmentally appropriate tasks. So it is developmentally appropriate for your teen to be emotionally reactive and impulsive.
0: Okay. Right?
1: I'm not saying that's good. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying that the way that's manifested for them is the same from child to child. It's going to look different. So one child's impulsiveness may look a little different than another child's impulsiveness. Right. Right. One kid's emotional reaction is going to look different than another kid's emotional reaction. Sure. And the way they do that, I'm not trying to say it's good, It might be manifested in some really inappropriate or unhealthy ways, but they need to play around in this emotional reactivity and impulsiveness. It allows them to kind of push away from who they were as a kid, which blindly kind of followed rules to be considered good, Mm -hmm. to be able to like figure out, okay, how do I want to manage my life? their emotions begin to be a lot less like simple um, um, one or two emotions to be more like a stew of emotions, <laughs> yeah. right? Or maybe like a tangled ball or spaghetti where at any given moment, there's five, six, ten emotions that are, and they can't label it. They're not sure what to do. With or it. unravel
0: it to figure out what goes with what. Like I, I, I know when we were talking about um, what we were going to talk about today, uh, one of the things that I threw out there, and not that this has happened, but it's just just kind of a general example, is you know when your teen goes to the fridge and you don't have the right kind of cheese, and so they stomp off and slam their door, and the world is ending because there's no cheese. Well, it's also because they had an argument with their friend at school, and because they, well, their teacher came back to you know called them out, or they got a bad grade on some. I mean, all the things, and all you're seeing, and if you're just reacting to the Oh my gosh, they just slammed their door because I don't, I didn't get the right kind of G's. Like, are you kidding? Well, no, like taking a step back, like clearly there's more going on. I do still need to say, Hey, (laughs) you know, slamming your door is not the best way to communicate that you're frustrated. Here's a better way. And help me understand
1: what's going on. Right. So, and I might switch the order of those two things. I was going to say that too. Like, help
0: me understand what's going on. And by the way, after we unravel that, next time please don't slam the door. Like right. That's not a great way.
1: And and just so you know, just because you give them space to do the help me understand what's going on doesn't mean that they're going to be able to describe it. Oh because yeah. Because it's a stew and it's this tangled, they may not know. And they might even then blame you for not having the right cheese and it has nothing else to do. Right. And so that's okay. You, your measure of success is not their response to the tools that you use.
0: Oh, say that again. Please say that again. <laughs>
1: your measure of success in any given interaction with your child is not based on the response they have to you on it right your measure of success is did you give space for their brain to open up just a little bit to look at what you're hoping they'll see right right this is a process over time Okay. So there, you know, it's not... This This tool isn't magic. So I'm not saying that if you frame everything as developmentally appropriate, somehow your kid's going to do what you want, when you want, how you want. It doesn't work like that. And you don't... That's not part of this process.
0: Right. Well, and, and I'm glad you're bringing this up because this is something I've thought about often as I've done the show and talked about different parenting things. Like, again, it is not... And you've said this before on previous episodes with me as well. Like, you're not... Putting in your quarters and getting out the soda that you want, you know, yes. with your kids. Like, that, that's it's not input equals output. Like, this is a long term, um, long haul yes. strategy and tools to try to um, kind of drip into them the values about what's good and right and healthy and all those things that you're not going to get an immediate response. Like just because you change how you're responding in the moment doesn't mean that they are going to change their responses. And I think it's so tempting sometimes like your brain immediately goes to, well, I'm going to change how I'm doing this so so that
1: they will, (laughs) so
0: that they will, or therefore I have this expectation like, Oh, this is going to be great. And this is going to bring us closer together. And that, you know, it'll be like that TV movie moment. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't mean it's not working. It just doesn't look like it in the moment necessarily. And we have to remember we're in it for the long haul.
1: Right. And so let's use that like, over response to the cheese right? Okay. so if there's one perfect response to what you do when your kid does that I don't know what it is this right. side of heaven I really don't think anybody knows for a couple reasons the the best response for your child doing that behavior may not be this best response for my child doing
0: absolutely that. and so
1: something when I how developmentally appropriate helps me is not to give me the right answer but to kind of frame my response to get as close to that gray area as of good enough as I can. Right. And so I might do something like one kid, one situation. Wow. She must be having a bad day. I can... Overlook this. I'm going to let, you know, she's got a yeah. lot going on. I'm going to choose not to respond. Right. She knows we have a rule in her house not to slam the doors, but I don't have to come down on her all the time because I know this emotional reactivity is part of the process. Right. I might do that. I'm not saying that that's a, you know, the 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 path for every single one of these i might give her a little bit of time to calm down when she's high emotions right her prefrontal cortex is not going to be working and so there isn't anything i'm going to be able to say that she's going to hear so i might give time and then wait until after dinner and go hey you know You seem like you were really upset that I didn't have the kind of cheese that you want, right? (laughs) Like, tell me what's going on, right?
0: Yeah, and I'm even thinking, like, between my two kids, one of them, I can use humor, like, so cut the cheese or, you know, like something like that. Whereas the other one, that would be like lighting a firecracker. Like that would be the worst thing to do. So I love that you're talking about, so this gives you a way to reframe your response so that you are actually meeting your individual children's
1: needs. So it almost becomes less about what the rule is and more about the character. Right. Right. So when they're little, we might focus on, we don't slam doors. It's not okay for you to slam doors. Uh Right. In this stage, that's not going to affect, that's not going to get them where they need. Right. right? They're going to miss the point.
0: Okay. I'm just going to call this out. Like, I love how you so gently school me when I get it oh, no, wrong. no, no, no,
1: no. No, because, because one of the options is exactly what you said. Help me understand. Right. And what's really going on. Don't slam the door. But like. I really do want to prepare, you know, for the worst case. Sure. So that if they're really escalated, it doesn't matter how wonderful that option is. Right. It's not going to hit gonna the work. mark. It's not going to work. Yeah. It's right. not going to work. Okay. And so there's, that's a great option for a lot of these. I want you to ha- be able to see that you know, because this is a process, because we're talking about who I'm growing to be as an adult, not the right or wrong. Right, right. Sometimes you don't have to pick one right way to do it.
0: Right, right. Does that make totally, sense? Totally, totally got it. Okay. okay,
1: so that was emotionally reactive
0: right. and impulsive. Right. What's another one?
1: Another is that they're they're in this stage. They're likely to be highly self-centered and also highly self-conscious. Okay. What is... Talk to me about the, well, I, I mean, I think we know what those
0: are, but <laughs> so it talk had, to me about that.
1: So they are looking at the world through this eyes of what it means to be me. Right. Right. So everything that they're looking at has to do with me, 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 So we might not see empathy or. You might not see empathy. Do unto others as you
0: would have them do unto you. Like yep. all those things like that is going to be sometimes markedly missing yes okay
1: and so they will do things like it matters based on how it matters to me how it impacts me how i interpret it what i think right Right. they tend to care less about their siblings and what it means to them and care more about you know so everything feels unfair to them Mm -hmm. and something that's unfair to somebody else may not hit their radar right right okay um They tend to be overly self-conscious. So if I have a pimple, it (laughs) looks like a a flashing light and I'm sure everybody sees it, right? right? And so everybody's aware of any little problem with me, right? right? And so there's a hyper-focus on that. Mm -hmm. This does not necessarily mean they're going to grow into being selfish, self-centered, greedy, take-advantage adults, Right. right? Now... That doesn't mean that we don't need to help them move through this stage so that they can grow to be adults who are conscientious of not just their own needs, but also the needs of other people. Right.
0: And I can see where this one, and I know it's been this way for me, can kind of snag you for feeling, haven't I taught them to care for other people? And haven't I taught them to be generous and kind and empathetic? And there's that
1: parental shame. Yes,
0: exactly. And so understanding this and knowing. And then also... Knowing like, hey, this is not who they are. This is not who they are going to be. This is where they are in this moment of their development. And again, can't stay here, but... There's nothing wrong with the fact that you're here right now. It's just a matter of working through it and growing yes. through it. Okay. Now, how
1: it manifests, so some of the behavior that gets manifest out of this might uh-huh. need to be redirected and corrected. Yeah. Right. It yes. could show up in some very harmful ways to Absolutely. them and other people. Mm-hmm. But when you know that this is a process, it helps you respond to those behaviors in ways that help them move into adulthood in a better place. Right. Right. If you're not aware, then yes. Yeah, there's a lot of parental shame, but then there's a lot of child shame. Yeah, shaming and the child. you say things like, you're selfish, what's so wrong with you? You need to think about other people. And if you think about why a kid goes through this stage, right? So what we identified this time of their life as being is they're finding out who they are. They're finding out what it means to be me. They're finding out kind of what kind of an adult, what's my contribution to the world? What do I want to believe? What do I want to do? Now they don't know any of this and they're doing it over the course of like 10 years, right? Right. But they're in that process, right? So it makes sense that in order to become an adult that knows who you are, what's important to you, what you like, what you don't like, what matters to you, what your contribution is into the world, it makes sense that for you to get to that place, you're going to have to play around in some selfish, self-conscious ways. Right. Right. I like that.
0: Well, and and as you're talking, I'm even thinking about... Because I was a middle school teacher and thinking about the kids that I worked with who had such a strong sense of justice and this isn't fair and that's not right. But I think it originated with what's not fair to me and what's yeah. not right that's being done to me. And and then we were able to build on that because, you know, I taught social studies and so we were looking at a lot of different social issues and um, civil rights and those kinds of things so I think what I hear you saying and what I think I've observed is they have to go through that self-focus and looking at what's not fair right to them to be able to have empathy and to be able to recognize what's not fair to other people I know I'm taking just one little piece yes. of it of Look. what you all you said but yeah I think I, I you can see kind of the line from one to from point A to point B, there. Right,
1: and if I haven't been a child who has gotten my needs met, mm-hmm. right, I can't grow into being an adult that can understand the needs of other people. Right, and so this is messy, and it happens throughout their whole lifespan. But part of them really being a socially conscious person is to do some messy self-conscious stuff first. Right. Does that make sense? It does. And, and again, we don't want to leave them there. We don't wanna we don't wanna say that something that's developmentally appropriate is necessarily good or healthy. But when I can understand that this is a task that they need to do during this developmental time of their life, it helps me have the patience. It helps me to respond. It helps me to look at the bigger picture rather than trying to, to shut down or curb the behavior. Right, right. I like that. So another one is to, and the audience is going to love this one, right? I know I do. (laughs) (laughs) It's developmentally appropriate for them to value peers' opinions over the parent's advice. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That is so frustrating as a parent. It, it, because it almost sends the message that all your years of education and of living and of life experiences is useless and worthless. And, and frankly, the word stupid may come out of your child's mouth. Right. Right. And you're thinking you're believing this little twerp that hadn't even lived, but you know, 14 yeah. years. Right. And so, it's, yeah, it's
0: hard. Well, and I know when we've talked about this before, the example that always comes up in my mind because I love movies and stuff, but the, Oh, I guess it was early 90s. It was the um, Father of the Bride movie oh, with yeah. Steve Martin, where his daughter comes down the stairs for a date. And he's like, it's it's cold out. You'll probably need a sweater. And she's like, no, I'm fine. Turns to her date. And he says, no, you probably do need a sweater. And she's like, okay. And goes and grabs it. Like, just yes. that whole, like, transfer of, you know, power almost is, is what I comes right. to mind right. right so
1: and and so if you think again about this being developmentally appropriate for what they need in an adulthood mm-hmm. you're a different generation you are not me yeah so me looking to you doesn't help me find me it seems like it would to us because we're parents but they want to compare themselves to their peers. peers. Yeah. They want to figure out how do I fit in with my peers. Now, sometimes you probably know adults, they get stuck kind of in this and they don't move out of that. We want them to kind of understand who they are. It has to be messy in who I am with my peers okay. before they can move into who am I. So what does it look like when they're stuck? Like, help me understand that. So you probably know some people-pleasing adults. Yeah, yeah. Right? That are, they don't really know what they want. They won't assert their needs. They're they're too easily to go, you know, whatever you think or whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Right? You might know some adults that the other way around, they're just going to railroad what they, they want. Right? So part of them being able to be an adult that can go, I can look out for my needs and also the needs of other people. I know what my strengths are, I know what my perspective or opinion is, and I can also have value for your opinion, your perspective, what your contribution, right? In order for them to be adults that can do both of those things, they've got to spend some messy time in their um, teen years figuring that out. Kind of going, who am I? What is important to me? What's important to you? Now, the problem for parents is that they're going to align themselves with their peers before they separate themselves from their peers. Right. That, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so it, it feels like the contrary to what you want for them as, as an adult. They're going to go. Okay, well, you do this, so I think I should do this. Yeah, you okay. think this, so I think, and that's my way of feeling okay about myself. Right, right. So the- if you,
0: if they go jump off a bridge, are you going to go jump off yes. a bridge? Like that's what's coming to mind, but kind
1: of yeah. They, and <laughs> yeah. we don't want to leave them there, clearly. right? That's clearly hanging the off point. the bridge, right? <laughs> right, but they have to spend time doing that and also get in the, you know, what do I really want to be? What's really going to take me where I want to go? As they see their peers making choice or, or kids their age, maybe not their friend, but somebody else, and you go, oh, that's not taking them where I want to go. They begin to kind of be a little more discerning in what they do well and I think what's ironic about us talking about this like as you're saying these things
0: I'm thinking about every great young adult book that I've ever read and so much of it is figuring that out like figuring out you know who are my friends and why are they my friends and why are they not my friends even the book that I talked about in the last episode the hate you give there's a friendship in that book Where the main character star eventually pulls away from her because she realizes, no, this is not who I want to align myself with. This is not who I want to be like. This is not okay. So I think that being able to recognize that as parents and understanding that that's part of the journey
1: right. is so powerful. And and not that there won't be instances or friends or times where you might have to draw some sort of sharp line. So, you know, Absolutely. I mean, it's hard to talk about this theoretically when you're not sure of individual situations. Sure. But you don't want that to be your go-to. So ideally, in ideal situations, you would like to be able to, to validate why that's important to them, to welcome and accept their friends and help them by using open questions, look at the bigger picture of some of their friends' opinions, some of their friends' ideas, some of their friends' behaviors, right? right? And so if you, because their peers are so important to them, if you reject their peers you're rejecting them and they will then reject your advice right so if you want them to hear your advice you have to learn to accept why their friends are so important to them right right value their friends but then gracefully and around and back ways drop those nuggets of mm, I wonder what that's going to be like for them. How is that helpful? What's, you know, where do you think that's going to end up or go? Help me understand why you see it that way. You know, and maybe do you want to hear how I see it, right? Right. If If they feel as though you've heard and seen and validated their perspective, they're more apt to be open. Now, again, there's no magic wand, so their openness may not be this conversation. Right. They may walk away from the conversation going, you don't get it, you're stupid, I'm not listening to you. But that doesn't mean that you didn't create space in their brain for something to take root. Right. Right. One of the most um, impacting things my dad had said to me as a teen that really maybe changed the course of my life. I don't mean to over-dramatize it, but it might have actually changed the course of my life for a much better thing. I think I responded to it with either a, I hate you, you don't know what you're talking about, stay out of my life or just to shut down and walk away okay but, but what i know i didn't say was thank you daddy <laughs> that oh my goodness you're so wise you're exactly right let me <laughs> heed that warning right? right he didn't know i told him maybe five years ago about that conversation but he didn't know at the end of you know all those years he didn't realize that his words actually had impacted me so it's important i think for parents to know that that the your measure of success is not their immediate response i love that it's did you create space for them to grow towards something more healthy cannot give space if you're condemning shutting down invalidating
0: you cannot give space when you are condemning, shutting down, or invalidating. Yep. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. So thank you again to Tammy for having this conversation. And I don't know about you, but I love, love, love what she said about our measure of success as we parent our teens. It cannot be based on what our teen's immediate response is because we're in this for the long haul with our teens, right? Like we're not gonna know how successful our parenting has been probably until our kids are parents themselves, right? So that was the first part of my conversation with Tammy and I want you to be sure to tune in next week to hear us talk about one more developmental task. And I have to tell you, It is a pretty big one. One that might strike fear in your heart until you've heard Tammy explain exactly what it is and what it means and how you can respond to it in a really helpful, healthy way with your team. Thank you, thank you for hanging out today. I can't wait to be with you again next week. And until next time, remember from an ish girl who cannot wait for Thanksgiving, I am so grateful to be in the middle of it together. (laughs)